0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing.
1: Marketing operations is an amazing career. Probably the number one skill you can have is curiosity. Nick Donaldson got his start owning a Marketo instance and rapidly acquiring the skills he needed to become a MOPS leader and one of Canada's hottest startups. Since then, Nick has gone on and uh, started a career in consulting. From a strong foundation in-house, uh, Nick has moved on to the consulting side. And in this episode, we're going to compare notes on why the switch may be one you should be thinking about your career how to be curiosity led in terms of uh, jumping into marketing operations and some of the things that you should think about in terms of your own growth mindset. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. um, So I've had the pleasure of working with you for a number of years. You know, I think your journey is one that a lot of our listeners will get value from. Talk us through how you got your start in marketing operations.
2: Yeah, so I have always been interested in technology, right? Like, and, and the role technology has in really helping businesses improve their efficiencies and drive results. Um, so in hindsight, right, looking back at my journey into MOPS, um, I would honestly say I was doing marketing ops before I was technically even in the space, you know? I was already into technology and tools, building processes, Uh, Tapping into different data sources for reporting, building dashboards, right? Like all that fun stuff. Um, That being said, um, right? Like at that point in my career, I was still technically in digital marketing, right? Like I, I was a digital marketing specialist or whatever the title was. Um, But rewind, you know, three, three and a half years ago, um, I realized that there is a whole vocation out there called marketing ops that solely focuses on these things. And I was interested in that, right? Like I was pumped Um, and I was even more pumped when I realized that there was a strong community, right? Like of of like-minded geeky folks um, that also love this stuff. Um, and honestly, as a cherry on top, like mops is in high demand, businesses value these skill sets. Um, so all those kind of realizations, I, I reflected and I was like, I want to go all in on this and Mm -hmm. kind of almost brand myself in that space, if you will. And I know like from just
1: because I know your backstory a little bit, I know you were recruited into a role in a in an awesome high tech company in the Ottawa scene. And, you know, we're basically given from day one the mantle of running with Marketo and Marketo is a, a monster. It's a beast we make fun of frequently on this show. I've got extensive background in it, so I feel I feel entitled to make fun of it. But like for somebody coming from the digital space where you've got you know your kind of cornucopia of tools and easy uis like marketo's not an easy ui um it's a little bit more improved as we're speaking now there's a new a new ui that probably hurting people's brains but is is improvement how did you approach learning this this tool in the beginning of your uh, mops journey
2: yeah so i would say that there are a few traits that i have slowly I guess, begun to value more and more over time that lends themselves well to taking on a beastly Marketo, right? Like the first, without a doubt, was just this value of getting comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Um, a few years ago, I read a book by this guy named David Goggins, and uh, he introduced me to this concept called the 40% rule. And essentially, it's when your mind is telling you that you are done, right? Like that you've had enough can't possibly go any further Uh, you're actually only 40% done Mm. right so that hit home Um, he obviously applied that to being a Navy SEAL physical activity 100% applies to your mentality too it did for me whenever I was struggling with learning or especially with Marketo right it's a beast like you said Mm -hmm. Um, I just told myself like keep going Um, I'm only at 40% I have more left in the tank Um, so I guess that has helped Mm-hmm. I guess a few others. One would be, uh, without a doubt, mindset. Right mm-hmm. like understanding that mindset is 100% everything, and never stop learning. Um, that helped me a lot. Um, so I guess like this adoption of a growth mindset, mm-hmm. um, which you hear everywhere now, which which which, yeah. which is great. But like when I first read this book, I don't know eight ten years ago, um, it hit home, and it helps definitely in this crazy world, uh, in Martech. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I would say to that is I knew that it would be a sh- like a very large learning curve um, mm-hmm. to ramping up in, uh, in the space. So I really just like consciously surrounded myself with people and ideas uh, that I valued and that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I guess I did this both for personal interests, but definitely for marketing ops, right? Like you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And if you surround yourself with a bunch of Marketo experts, mm-hmm. <laughs> right they're gonna rub off on you so
0: i guess like one of the questions like i get the most often from folks that are like interested in like getting a career in marketo or like thinking of like how can i get experience in marketo it's tricky for those guys to get hands-on experience it's almost like you can't roll out a free trial of marketo so like
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what advice would you have for folks that don't have that opportunity of like having the marketo instance to like play around with but like they know they want to work in Marketo or like one of these big fancy tools
2: Yeah. So like for the folks that are trying to break into MOPS, right, or Marketo, whatever, whatever the end game is, like, I guess I would say try to get some hands-on experience with systems and tools that kind of complement that end goal Mm -hmm. in some way, right? Like there are many other jobs out there that will play nicely uh, with marketing operations, right? Like, so if you want to ramp up on email marketing or get a solid foundation on demand gen or just like analytics and, you know, providing value to leadership with reports, um, I would say like hone in on those kind of like external or like other um, skill sets that will hopefully help you get into the door mm-hmm. in, in MOPS.
1: Nick, what are the, what are, like the interview process look for when you're, when, you know, you're sitting across the table, somebody say you're going to own Marketo and you're like, okay, I just did a quick Google search on Marketo and, and looked at images. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, look at the UI. Like what are the types <laughs> of questions that you would put yourself in the shoes of like a junior person saying, you know what? I got the chops. I believe in myself. I'm, I'm passionate about this space. Like, but there's going to be, you know, how do you convince a person across the table that you're interviewing with to take the chance on you?
2: So, I would say just like go for it, right? Like, it's though so rewarding. Um, like, if you feel like you have an interest in the space in Marketo and Pardot, whatever it is, right? Like, there is a community out there. And this community, uh, from my experience, anyways, is like more than willing to lend a helping hand mm-hmm. and uh, point you in the direction uh, will be useful uh, for you to kind of ramp up and level up. I
1: think one thing that's, that's common from both of our journeys is the usage of consultants, right? Like uh, when I first started working with Marketo many years ago, I hired a consultancy who came in and just totally leveled up my own game. I know from our past that you guys worked with consultants as well. Talk, talk us a little bit about, you know, why would you want to hire a consultant to take over some of the work that you're mandated with? And how do you make the most of working with a consultant to learn and level up your own skill set?
2: Yeah, so like if you had the opportunity to work with a consultant, first of all, like that's an absolute no-brainer in my opinion, right? Like, learn from the people that have been there and done that. Um, it's logical. It just makes sense. It's efficient, right? Like you could spend a hundred hours reading blogs or videos, or spend one hour with an expert and learn the same amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like I would take that one-on-one approach. Uh, almost, almost any any time of the day Mm -hmm.
1: there's a little bit of ego there too i know i know in my past when i've hired consultants for things i'm like damn it i can i bet you i could do this just as well Mm -hmm. if i had the time and but you don't always have the time you don't always have that luxury and and certainly like you hit upon one point which is just that rapid acceleration of your own your own career set and skill set
0: yeah, traditionally like a lot of companies will reach out for to agencies for a lot of the help on the back end of things like behind the scenes more only on the technical side of things but like as as you kind of like present the marketing ops profession you kind of have like the front end side of things like more customer facing things like writing emails doing more of like lead gen campaigns or whatever and then on the back end side of things you're doing segmentation lead scoring Google tag manager or whatever like looking at those two sides of mops uh, which one kind of excites you the most or which one uh, do you kind of like have have you doubled down in the most
2: back end <laughs> behind the scenes without a doubt yeah yeah uh like 100 like i get i get pumped up uh whenever i work on projects that are that are gritty and in the weeds like that for sure
0: dive into that explain to the viewers who are like listening to like the technical stuff and they're like how how can you get excited about like going into the weeds
2: like like explain to me what what excites you about it So like me in general, right? Like I love being challenged, right? And like those kind of projects are exactly that, right? Like you start off knowing absolutely, sometimes you start off a project not knowing what the solution is, right? So you have to go into like this geek mode, right? Like you got to consume, you got to read, you got to think, test, uh, you know, fail, learn, fail, 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 repeat, you know? So like that kind of process, um, I don't know. It, I find it stimulating, and um, I find it fun in a, I guess in a twisted way. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think that's like a subtext of everything you're saying, right? You've got to, you've got to really enjoy mops. Uh, I really believe that to be good at anything, you've got to super enjoy it. But mops, you have got to take that to, that to another level. You have to enjoy being in the weeds. Um, one thing I'd add about the failure thing: if you take John's school of thought, you got to do those failures as publicly as possible, so that everybody knows. I'm kidding. I'm thinking email marketing, you send out massive, massive emails. Like there's consequences to the platform itself. I have as a MOPS, as a MOPS professional, you know how many times I've failed publicly and getting over that personally, I've found has been really interesting, right? Uh, I'll tell an anecdote We may or may not make it into this. But uh, when I first got into MOPS, we had a new CMO we have in common, Nick. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna impress her. I'm going to show her just like what a MOPS wizard I am. And I set up this piece of automation that went out and and sent an email to every single person in the database with my name on it so that was really fun Um, and a colossal uh, fuck up and you you just own up to it at a certain point but the truth is is that sometimes from my perspective at least the more you fail you the more you get comfortable with the consequences of it like I sent an email to everybody in the database nobody died nobody was physically harmed you know some people are a little bit irritated but you know they probably don't even remember that email so the consequences sometimes you have to look at the scale of the of the failure itself
2: it's so true and like it happens 100 to everyone right yeah. like and it's scary like i'm still scared before i push like schedule email yeah right like and it's going to however many people it's it's intimidating and like the number of mistakes and blunders that I've made is funny right yeah, okay. like I, I remember starting off with that uh, same CMO John and early on right like one of the first emails that I would have sent was for a big product launch and there was something wrong with the you know the intro token right like okay. so it, you saw the script in the high there right like yeah. like simple and it's like oh my god I'm never doing it ever 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 going to do that again awesome. yeah was, classic okay. mistake classic totally yeah Yeah.
0: when when we have uh people on the show that we interview we always ask them the last question is like what how do you stay happy in in your career so that's kind of like a a teaser for you at the end but john like one thing that we should ask every guest is like what was the first fuck up that they can remember doing in an email tool and it's just like a mashup episode (laughs) at the end of like a
1: a fuck up mashup (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody who's ever been in any email tool has screwed up. So oh, and yeah. we'll about email, you can't you can't pull that thing back. Like you can you can fix a bad blog and bad code on your blog, <laughs> but there's there's no there's no turning back the the hand of time on a bad email. <laughs> email is just the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because I know like you got your start in house. You you cut your teeth in house. You got to work with consultants. But mm-hmm. alas, Nick. You are on the dark side. You are now a consultant yourself. Talk us through your thought process of going from in-house uh, to the consulting side and, and some of the factors that weighed into that decision.
2: Yeah, sure. So I would say ultimately, I wanted to surround myself with, you know, some of the best in the field, right? Like, And I knew for me to have a connection with that level of talent day in and day out, um, the best way or or I guess like, an efficient way um, was for me to work in a consulting agency, and um, that's honestly the way I viewed it. Um, I also really enjoyed teaching and learning, honestly, just different businesses and, like how they operate, um, <laughs> which consulting sees a lot of. And yeah, I just felt like it was it was a good next step for me. When
0: when did you start like thinking about? maybe making that move like most marketers Mm in-house that work with an agency like have this like light bulb moments where they get to see like the invoices and they're just like oh shit like wow this is how much I'm paying for like an agency to come and help me out with this like eventually I'm going to be able to do a lot of this stuff too like there's like everyone has those thoughts like starting to creep up so like uh, uh, what stage like you you were at Solus for like almost three years um Mm -hmm tell me about like that that process so honestly
2: i would say pretty early on right like as i was really digging into mops and like the space like i quickly realized that the people that i am either reaching out to for advice or following on linkedin um they have either been in consulting mm-hmm. or are a consultant right hey right? so like i figured it was just in my opinion a no-brainer mm-hmm. so
0: walk us through like a bit of that onboarding so far like i know you started in october right so like we're, we're recording this at the end of november um so, so by the time this releases, like you'll you'll probably uh, be just still just getting your feet wet um so talk about like that that onboarding so far of uh, of going on the agency side
2: so like uh they have been gentle to me i guess you could say right like like it's it's a true onboarding experience right like week one it's it's very much like hr and then it goes very much into here are our internal processes and then it's you know here are some of our clients um so baby steps um with with good intention from their end right like they don't want to just put anyone in front of uh, the kind of clients that they have so (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm kind of in the thick of it right now, uh, but slowly starting to kind of, you know, peek over the shoulders of some of my colleagues and, and seeing the cool projects that they're working on.
1: I'll, uh, you know, my own consulting career took a very different route than that. And I don't know if it's atypical, but, uh, <laughs> I've said this before privately, but, uh, I put my notice in at my last job or the job before I went consulting and I was on a flight to my last day was a Friday. I was on a flight to San Francisco for, for Marketo summit on the Saturday after, like I got like four hours sleep and took a red eye. Um, and I was meeting with clients that week. And by the end of the week, I was already like taking over somebody's vacation and and in their instance. And I'm like, Oh, hot damn. And I'll tell you, it was, <laughs> it, was uncomfo- it was about as uncomfortable as you would think it would be. I also just like, for the sake of listeners, like, um who are thinking about going this route uh we have a friend of the podcast that i want to plug here society of marketing technology consultants join smtc.com uh, we have some good friends over there running a fantastic podcast about how people like yourself nick like me who are entering into the world as uh, consultants and some of the the pain points that they have some really interesting stuff going on over in that podcast so check that out if you're thinking of that I think there is like a lot of intimidation factor, so it's it's exciting to hear that uh, you're being brought in gently, uh, because I know the world of consulting gets ungentle very quickly once you're in <laughs> live instances of of folks. But uh, that was a that was a nice plug there. We Courtney didn't even pay us
0: for that plug, so uh, there you go.
1: Nobody's paid us for any plugs, Phil. <laughs>
0: So I want to go back to the, the, the decision a little bit, like the decision to go to the agency side. One, one of the, the, the kind of like hesitations that I've heard the most often from in-house folks about like going the agency side is the idea of not being like a hundred percent of your time in one company. So like the idea of like on the agency side, you have to be really able to like take off one hat from one company and put on the other hat, like different systems, different database, different processes. Like talk about that decision a little bit um, about like kind of leaving one world, like one company that you got to know so intimately, one database that you know like from the back of your hand. Like talk about that that change of going to like multiple clients now.
2: Yeah. So honestly I would say like that was a big reason in why I contemplated the change. Right. Like back to what we were talking about before about like um growth happening when you're uncomfortable. Right. Like you become a comfortable when you are in the same instance day in and day out right like you go deep and it's awesome um but you know like realistically it's the three five ten different life cycle builds at one company you'd have to work there for 150 years right um so I knew that if I wanted to see that um I would I would have to make that uh, that shift uh, to consulting and and just
1: for the record, the, and the the average length of time that a millennial spends at a company is about fifteen minutes. So one hundred fifty years is just way Excellent. way outside the realm of collecting collecting oh, yeah. experience. And marketing ops, it's even less than that. Oh yeah, you get there. You, you get the signing bonus, and yeet, see ya. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> let's talk let, let I got one more question and then let's uh let's talk about mm-hmm. uh, the the big finale um in terms of certifications where do you land on certifications nick like all the listeners who are thinking oh damn i want i want to have this this great portfolio like do you do certification or you do not
2: so definitely depends on the certification right like i'm sure there's many 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 money grabs out there but if we're talking like mark mce certification or like these other technical certifications that are like vetted and valued by companies um i would say go for it right like they're cheap sometimes they're free Um, they are respected in the field they're a checkbox on your resume like you have nothing to lose um why not
0: Let's say, let's say we fast forward five years or 10 years and Nick Donaldson is running his own freelance agency (laughs) and you're hiring your first entry-level marketer to like join your agency. Do you require
2: a Marketo certification? I would say yes, but I wouldn't totally disqualify them. But one of my first questions would be, why don't you have the certification, right? And like, I would expect a good answer.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. I feel the same way about, about certifications. Actually, I think there's a lot of BS out there, but when it comes to like Marketo, uh, having got the certification, like it's, it's not an easy certification test. You gotta know your, you gotta know your shit to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's just like a legitimacy that comes along with that. So I totally, totally think it's a good answer. Okay. So Uh, As we alluded to earlier, the one question we ask every guest on the podcast and uh, really curious about your perspective is about happiness, right? We all are thinking about success and happiness when it comes to this podcast. I think you've touched on a lot of stuff that relates to the success part, you know, growth mindset, learning, you know, vetting the options about being in-house or being a consultant, but let's detach ourselves from that. How do you stay happy? Like, how do you enjoy your work every day? How do you have a smile when you end your day and feel good about the work that you do? And and what what makes Nick Donaldson happy? And what advice can you share to our listeners?
2: Work life balance all the way, right? And like like that's that's what you've got to strive for, right? Like work and tech, like as awesome as it is, like it's not gonna, in my opinion, create like that full, full rounded um, happy life for you, right? Like you have your health, you have your family, um, prioritize those too. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, how do I do that? Like, well, honestly, like the current company I'm at, I'm with, like that's one of their core core values. So that, that certainly helps. Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that, um, little things like, you know, turn off notifications or like past work hours or on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like dedicate time, uh, to doing the things that you enjoy, right? Oh, like literally every Saturday morning before my wife wakes up, I, I've taken up or I'm trying to hone in on my hobby of woodworking. right? Oh, cool. like, so, nice. <laughs> so here I am like learning about these different tools and then how to handcraft, you know, a dog house that I built the other day, you know, and- like things like this. It's it makes me happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I if I went anywhere near a saw, I wouldn't have a thumb left. But uh, <laughs> that's you with table saws right now, I'm okay. like
2: a dr- drill, stage, and chisel, maybe.
1: Yeah, I've used a table saw once under under supervision. I still didn't feel very comfortable. So, Nick, I think that's that's wonderful advice. I think having that hobby outside of work is is so critical. Uh, the other one that you touched on, which I I so love, is disabling notifications, um, signing out of Slack. One thing that I've done for my own practice is uh, I refuse to install Slack on my phone. So you, you can't, you cannot reach me on Slack uh, outside of work hours. And I, I've never, and everybody, everybody says, and I know Phil and I debate about this sometimes on the show as well Is like, what happens if there's a fire? I'm like, well, the house will burn down.
0: There you go. So true. All right, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, Nick. Uh, I think you're, uh, your your kind of career in in mobs like the the trajectory has been amazing to kind of witness and and follow along and uh i'm i'm super pumped and uh curious to hear about all the crazy things you're going to build at uh Perkudo. so congrats on the new gig and uh congrats on uh, the success in the career so
1: far
2: thank you both and uh thanks for having me on yeah it was fun
1: yeah thanks good luck with the word working <laughs> yeah just,
2: <laughs> i need it okay